Right, welcome to the Team Biscuit Podcast. Today we've got a guest that is Thomas Turgus. Well, thanks for coming on, Thomas. The infamous. Yeah, <laughs> well, like well known for this is England. Uh, yeah, this is England, and yeah, um, uh, Kingsman, and yeah, a couple of uh, of other great films that I've you know sort of been lucky enough to be given the part in. So yeah. Yeah. So what got you into acting? Uh, well, God, I never really, when I was sort of, when I was a kid, I was never in school or anything like that. Um, and I remember when I was really young, I must have been about 11, 10 or 11, and I used to go to Phoenix House, mm-hmm. um, which is an naughty kid's school. Um, <laughs> <coughs> excuse me. And I was promised <coughs> the part of um, the king in the nativity play at school, at the school. Um, and I was naughty a couple of days before, so that got taken off me. Uh-oh. So that would have been my first ever acting experience. Yeah. Um, but that got taken off me. Um, and then I then went on to Winteringham School um, from Phoenix House. That's where I went. Did you go to Winnie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went on to Winnie, and again, not very well behaved. Um, and I got put into a, a centre um, called The Space Project, which is... It used to be attached to um, it used to be attached to the Shall Youth Club, um, just near Grand Grand Forest Park, and yeah. and yeah, and I was going there for a couple of years, and I remember I walked around the walked around the corner one day and uh, saw a big crowd of people, and I wondered, I thought, fucking hell, what's going on there? I thought there was a fight or something, so I went running over to see what was <laughs> happening. Um, right, and we were already shot. Fight, fight, fight <laughs> yeah, I was fight. ready for I was ready for a fight myself. <laughs> and then uh, that's when I met Des Hamilton, who's uh, a, a very well established casting director in the industry. Um, and he said he was casting for a film, and I was like, "What do you mean casting for a film?" And then he explained the situation, and he said, "He said in his big Scottish accent, he went, he's like, do, do I do a, do I do an audition?'" And I went, uh, not really. I said, well, I will if you give me a, some money. He said, I'm not, I'm not going to do it for free because I'm not obviously not going to get picked for the film, am I? So I thought I want to make a bit of money out of it as easy as I can. So yep. charged him a fiver for the audition, and it, it, which is on YouTube actually, which is very funny. When I was a little, me little, me little shabby haircut and me Donne <laughs> tracksuit, and uh, and then he he just loved what I did. He sent it over to Shane Meadows, who was obviously the the director of This Is England, and then Shane rang my mum. And said, "Will Tomo come meet me?" Um, and my mum said, "Oh, the director wants to meet you." And I was like, "Meh." Said, "Yeah, tell him I'll meet him, but I want a tenner." Said, "I want I'll double my money here." So I thought, "Yeah." So, so <laughs> again, so from the get go, it was all about all about the money. Yeah, yeah of course. And it, you know, it's it's it, even today, money is, is an important thing. You know, you grow up and money makes it's the world all go about around. It. Yeah, it true. is. Yeah, I mean, it's not the only reason that, that a lot of people work in the industry, um, and it's certainly not the only reason that I work in it now. But that. That was the only thing for me when I was a kid. Yeah. I was like, "It's what I earned a bit of money." And then, when This Is England came out, and and we got um, the recognition for the film that we didn't expect, um, yeah, I kind of I, I fell in love with it, and I fell in love with the people who I was meeting, and I fell in love with the routine that I was getting, and obviously the money as well, which was great. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't by any means a lot of money. It was, you know, it was very very small money for for what it was. Um, it was a very low budget. Um, but Not to me, I mean, if I had twenty quid in my pocket, I was fucking buzzing. So, yeah, yeah and, and I then, am still. Yeah, yeah, still am <laughs> now. Yeah, um, but yeah, that that's sort of I was just I was sort of right place at the right time, really. And I, I think if I didn't go, if I didn't go to the, the space project that day, then that's it. Yeah, maybe I might not have been sat here with you now. That's you it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we might have been fighting in a pub. Oh. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> what like, What did you find working with Shane? Because he's like obviously a pretty 
cool director. Well, very yeah. good director. And of he's course, done yeah. the infamous Dead Man Shoes. Yeah. Um, uh, and like, I found most of his stuff is a bit melancholy. A bit what, what do you mean melancholy? Like, sort of, uh, like a bit depressing. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's quite, he's very depressing, isn't it? But it's very real and it's very yeah. true to Gritty. how a lot of people feel. Um, and raw. I mean, working with Shane on the film, I didn't really notice how good he was until now when I've I've had the chance of working with other directors, which have all been great. I've never come across a bad director. But it's only when you come across more who work very differently to how Shane works. Yeah. And then it's like, fucking hell, it's actually a treat getting to work for him because you get your own freedom, you get as much time as you need to get to know your character and you get to improvise and you get a lot of, there's a lot of team building exercises that go on. Like when we've finished filming, we don't all just go our own ways. We all stay together. We all live together. And oh, right. yeah, he just creates this this amazing sort of atmosphere on set, not only with his actors, but also with every single crew member, what, down to cameramen, down to down to runners, down to costume and makeup, and just everybody involved. Everybody's involved. Everyone's in involved, and it's a big family. So yeah. someone's not just sat on the side. No, 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 no. There'll be none of like, that. Get me a sandwich. There, that's it. See you later. You're no, it's you know every it's it sort of it, it's a massive trust. You know, Shane's got a lot of trust in everybody that he gets, and and I I know for a fact that Shane had used every single crew and cast member every time if he could, but obviously you know people are busy and yeah. things like that, so. But I, I know he, he uses as many as the same crew and cast as he can. I was about to say, he's, he needs to use you a few times, on not Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he's, I've been fortunate enough to have like, brought us back for the series and uh, Summerstown as well. Yeah. yeah, which was another brilliant experience. Because that won an award, didn't it? Yeah, it? yeah. Summerstown won a couple, actually. Yeah, we went over to... Well, I wasn't allowed to go, actually, um, to New York yeah. uh, for the Tribeca Film Festival, which is De Niro's film festival. Um, and I won Best Actor with Piotr Jagiello, yeah. who um, who played um, Peter. Peter, he's going to kill me if I get this wrong. The other, the other main, uh, the, the other one, the other lead. Um, and we both was uh, amazed to to have won it at such a you know a prestigious f- festival. Um, and I got a phone call when I was um, going into one of my exams. I was doing my GCSEs, I think. And then my dad said, "Oh, you've been nominated for an award. Um, we're off to New York." And I was like, oh, oh, fucking buzzing, like business class flights and all that. But then I turns out on the <laughs> day that I was supposed to fly to New York, I had a maths exam. Oh, right. So I wasn't allowed to go. Maths so exam. I had to sit in the cold Winteringham Sports Hall Who did doing it, an Mr. exam. Uh, it was it? No, I think it was Mr. Mr. Atkin, I think was Mr. doing Atkin. it. Mr. Atkin. Hey, but, oh, no, yeah, that's Mr. Hobden, wasn't it? Red Mr. Hobden, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mr. Atkin was doing them all. But, you know, it, it's just one of them things. It was... It's just, it's just fucking honoured to be, to even be, my name to be thrown around the festival, which was enough for me. Because it know. was played at Berlin Film Festival as well. Yeah, which was the the first time I'd seen it. Yeah. The first time I'd seen This Is England was in Berlin, um, and it's the first time my dad had seen it. And yeah, it, it was just it, it, Berlin Al is a beautiful festival. I think I'm going back again in February. Oh, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. So Berlin's a pretty cool place. Oh, I've been this year and I went last year as well. Yeah, I love Berlin. Yeah, it's it's, it's really cool. Yeah, a uh, lot of places in Germany are really nice. Yeah. I, I mean, I find people in like sort of Germany okay. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah, they are really, really nice. We we went on a road trip recently, um, and we went through Berlin, um, and yeah, man, it, it's it's just some some of the most beautiful. But we went right in the winter, so it was like, when did we go? It must have been, it would have been, in late January, sort of early February. It's so it cold and freezing. It? Yeah. Yeah, when we went, it was minus seven. Oh fucking hell! Yeah, that's and cold. And I was like, it? I think, was it February or March time? But um, we went to the east side of the wall where it's all. 
painted. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's some of the, the 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 museums and the memorials and things that they've got there are beautiful. You know, there's a lot of history in there. There is. Yeah, we went to a place called the Bunker. That was all about Hitler and that. Oh, really? Rise, then up. Wow, I'd love to do that. I'd also cool. look, one of my friends has just been to uh, Auschwitz in Poland. All oh, right, I'd love to do that. And I think I think me and me and Charlotte are probably going to go next year. Sweet, uh, or yeah. Maybe later this year. But I, I Not later this year. Fucking hell! It's at least like, like two open. weeks, isn't it? Yeah. It's because like we want to go to Poland. Well, I want to go to Poland because mm. uh, there's um there's a concentration camp just north of Bearway. Okay. And you can still get there on your A, B, your C zone. Passes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's pretty cool. So um, going back to the films, mm. you've been in Kingsman, the second one, wasn't it? Yeah. You was, what was it? You was in the flat playing. Yeah, I was uh, I was a crackhead, <laughs> so I was one of um, so one of Eggs's um, old friends from home. Yeah, um, and that again was like the most bizarre thing, obviously, because I'd seen the first one, um, loved it, and then I met um, I oh I, I didn't actually meet uh, Matthew Vaughn, who's a director, it, but I was meeting for Eddie the Eagle, and I was oh, very right. very close to playing Eddie. Um, in, in the film, but for a number of reasons that didn't end up happening. Um, Taron was obviously fucking incredible in that film anyway, so it's one of them that I'm glad that I didn't get it because he did it so well. Yeah. Um, and I just got a phone call. I was in the P&M. <laughs> Not the P&M, I was in Old Lloyd's Old in Lloyd. town with my dad on a Friday afternoon. And I got a phone call from the agent saying, Matthew wants to meet you for this part in Kingsman. And I was like, is it an audition? And he was like, no, he just wants to talk to you about it. Like, it's an offer. And I was like, fucking hell, like, tell me when I've got to be in London and I'll be there. So the following Monday, so three days later, yeah, I got. I, I drove down to London with me, with me mate Connor, um, and within half an hour of sitting there, I was having my suit fitting, so my Kingsman suit. Really. And we was pretty much ready to go, and it was all just dead, last minute. Um, and you know, it's a, it was a very very small part, but you know, it was it was fucking incredible to be part of it, and and to me, it's a it's a pretty big film, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, and it was like. Alone, the premiere alone was enough for me to like to, to buzz off doing it. Like it? me and Charlotte went down to to London and we was in a gorgeous hotel. And I remember, because I, I obviously I've done premieres. I went to this is England premiere yeah. and, and I've been to other premieres that I've been invited to. And I said to Charlotte because she's never been to one and she put a lovely dress on. She looked beautiful, you know. I had a nice suit on and we was in a taxi on the way to Leicester Square. And I said to her, I said, like, this is going to be a bit a bit mad, this. Like, this is going to be a bit crazy. But I, I knew, sort of knew, I thought I knew what to expect. I thought I knew yeah. there'd be a couple of people there. And Charlotte was like, yeah, yeah. all right. And I was like, <laughs> okay, that's fine. But then the taxi pulled up and we, we got on that orange carpet. And it, it honestly, it was nothing like I'd ever expected. Reality it was the It was the most fucking amazing thing. We looked to the left, Shannon Tatum's there. In front of us, Elton John stood there. Then we've got Jeff Bridges there. Oh, man. And then we've got Colin. Fe- it was just and like... did you get to meet all them? We, I didn't really get to speak to him because everyone was hounding him. And yeah. I didn't want to be that sort of... That, that guy that everyone sort of, you know... And Elton! I, yeah, Elton. yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was all there, you know, we was at the party and stuff after. And But that was like... That was... And I, I remember me and Charlotte were stood on a balcony at the Odeon. And I just kind of thought... And I said to Charlotte, I was like, it's not going to get any better than this in our lives. I said... This is the fucking, this is the, the pinnacle of my career, and it's, yeah, and it was one of the proudest moments for me, like it, just to even to be invited to that, and 
Yeah, and I met Dynamo. Dynamo did a magic trick on me, which was pretty cool. What trick was it? Uh, it was a trick where he drew an X. It's hard to explain when we're on the podcast, isn't it? But he uh, he drew an X. He, he asked me what a handed I am. So I said, right. Yeah. And then he didn't touch my right hand. He said, put it behind your back. So I put it behind my back. And then he drew a little X on my left hand and then told me to put both hands out in front of him. Yeah. And then tapped my right hand. And then the X went from my left to my right hand. What? And it was vanished from your... And it had gone from my left hand, but then it was then on the palm of my right hand. Spooky. Yeah, it was a bit weird, but... But, uh, Did he like touch your? Like, he right didn't hand touch my right hand at all. Not a li- not even not even to shake it or, you know, sometimes they'll grab your hands to level them out and they might put it on then. But he, he literally didn't touch my right hand at all. But I had had quite a lot of champagne, so maybe, I don't know. Maybe he's got little runners, little little midgets running around, running around. stamping people with little crosses hey, on. You them. never know. You never know. You never maybe know I've just mastered his magic. You <laughs> should um, become a magician. Yeah. yeah. So um, who's the one that you've been starstruck? I mean, have you met anyone that you've been so like stoked and starstruck to be like seen? Uh, I not. Re- I mean, because I was so young when I started, and I didn't care really. I wasn't bothered. I was just a little kid who was off my head on Coca Cola all the time, full of sugar. <laughs> who was just running around all the time and just like ah. And it, you know, I've met people like Johnny Depp and Matt Damon and. Oh, you've met people like Johnny Depp, have you? Like, yeah, and uh, like, don't get me wrong. Like to meet them's a fucking honour. How, how, like, how did that scenario come up meeting? The Johnny Depp. Um, yeah. So Stephen Graham, who played Combo in This Is England, and right. he's pretty much in everything nowadays. Um, he was in Public Enemies, um, which was a film um, about John Dillinger, um, right. and Johnny Depp played John Dillinger, and. Stephen just rang me, as he always does. He's he's always been a very, very close friend. And he just rang me saying, what are you doing next week? And I said, oh, I've got nothing on. He said, oh, I've booked for training. I've booked for a hotel to come to London to the Public Enemies premiere. And this is with an ex-girlfriend of mine, who I know my fiancé won't mind me saying, but she was uh, my ex was a massive fan of Johnny Depp. So right. like we was both buzzing to be there. Um, and, yeah, it was sort of like when, when I met Johnny Depp, we, we were just talking about football and... And I was talking to him about what's eating Gilbert Grape and not the normal films that yeah. he's probably used to everyone banging on about Jack Sparrow and all that. Captain Jack Sparrow. Yeah, and we very we, we didn't really talk about work. We talked about football and women and what football st- teams you support. Uh, I couldn't I couldn't tell you it was years ago. I ain't got a clue. But I think it's I think it's somewhat dead random, like Leighton Orient or something like that. Is it? Oh, am I thinking? Of I don't know. Maybe I'm making it up. But yeah, we were just talking about football and just any old shit, really. And you know, it, it, and that didn't really phase me. But I remember when I was about, it was on the way in from Berlin, actually, on the way in from the Berlin Alley, <coughs> and the film festival. I must have been about fifteen, fifteen with my dad, and we landed in Manchester and we was getting a train home from Manchester, Piccadilly to Grimsby, and. Um, I walked up to the bar with my dad. He's got a, a Capri Sun or fucking Orangina or something. <laughs> Um, and I looked to me left, and fucking Bruce Jones was stood there, who played Les Battersby in Coro. All right. And he's the only person that's made me starstruck in a way. I didn't know what to say. I was called him Les Battersby for one, which is like, if people call me Sean, I'm a bit like, yeah, it's not my fucking name, mate. <laughs> but and it kind of threw me a little bit. And uh, but he's the only one that's really ever made me starstruck. Soap stars are the only ones, really. Ever? Yeah, because they're in your room every night, aren't they? That's true. Yeah. So you think you know them? So, like, so speaking that like you saw Les. Basby, well, yeah, his name yeah. as like people still stop you anywhere and say, people call me Sean all the time. Well, yeah, like even in like sort of Grimsby. In Gr- you're not so much in Grimsby because as you know, it's quite it's a tiny place. Yeah. Isn't it? So, um, and I moved around a lot when I was a kid. Um, 
we may as well have been travellers. Me and my mum and my brother, we moved around loads. Um, so I went to Macaulay and Wellham and loads of different schools. So I kind of know a lot of people. Yeah. And from going out as well, I know a lot of people. Um, so no one really, really cares in Grimsby, which is why I love it so much. Because I can come here and I can do my normal day-to-day shit. And no one's really... Go into town and buy me socks and Primark. Yeah. And, you know, and just live a normal life and go out and get pissed with my mates and Charlotte and... Yeah, man, that's which is why I don't think I'd ever move away. I just love it here. Like no one really gives a fuck what I do. So no, and yeah. so so it's quite different. Like if like sort of in London and Manchester, places like that. Big university places are, can can be. Uh, I don't want to say bad because it's not yeah. bad. You know, people are recognising your work, which is good. Um, but you like places like Sheffield and Nottingham and things like that. You you can get like you'll find that you'll be, I don't know, doing your pick and mix in Wilco, and then you'll just hear someone next to you going. Fucking hell, they've shown off this is England. Which, it, you know, it doesn't bother me at all. It's nice that people... Again, Do you ever it, think, oh, they, fuck's sake, not no, again? No, like, no, and, and I never would because <coughs> I, I'm so lucky to... Again, it goes back to the whole look that if I didn't walk around that corner that day, I yeah. wouldn't have been in the film. And the, the thing is that people watch This Is England or Kingsman or Eden Lake or Somerset or anything that I've done, they'll sit and watch that for an hour and a half. So if they come over to me and speak to me then what's 30 seconds of my life yeah if they've sat and dedicated an hour and a half to something i've done so i always sit and you know i'll I'll, I'll you know i'll chat to people as much as i can and yeah man I, i'm just so appreciative of the people who do recognize the work yeah because, yeah, because obviously if like it wasn't for them watching exactly yeah it'd be fucked you be, yeah so like i've um, like you've got any new films coming up in like the pipeline then um, yeah, I mean, I've got a few things coming up. I did a film called Avengement, which is my first ever action film. Right. Ooh. So I get to shoot loads of guns and there's loads of fighting and loads of brains. And is there? Yeah, so that that was quite fun. Oh, that's um, going to be pretty cool then. Yeah. And is it, that out next year? That's out next year, yeah. Um, and that was the first, I've, I do a London accent, which I've never done an accent before. Oh, no, I have. I have. I did a London accent in Game of Thrones. Um, Can you give us a... Not well, unless you're paying me a lot of money now. Yeah, no, um, I, yeah, I did a little one in Game of Thrones, but I mean, my dad rang me actually after that and he went, why the fuck are you doing a Bristol accent? So he's taking the piss out of my, my London accent, but yeah, no, so that, that's, that, that'll be out in, oh God, I, I wouldn't even like to say maybe March. Um, oh, cool. And then, yeah, there's a couple of things floating around for the new year, but I, as we've just been discussing off, off mic, I get married in, what are we on that in two weeks? I think it is. So you're nervous? No, not really. Everyone says are you nervous, and I'm like, no, no, not not really nervous until I'm, it comes. I'm excited. We're both really excited, but we both keep saying, yeah, it's, it's 17 days till we get married, but then it's also 18 days till we go on our honeymoon. So we then we're for a bit more excited about like the honeymoon. honeymoon and that. I know that's like like sort of thanks again for like sort of coming because you're like sort of dead busy in that. So no, no, no. Like sort of much appreciated. Um, I've read you're into football quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I do like my football. You like town, support yeah. town. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've, I've only been to many games yet because they're not doing. Uh, yeah, I've been to a few. Um, I'm one of them. Uh, I, I tend to go more in the summer than I do the winter because it's fucking cold. It's in the cold, summer. isn't it? Especially when especially you get here as well. Yeah, oh, I I sort of float around the, the 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 stadium weather dependent. If it's lovely weather, I'll sit in the upper in in the upper Findus. Yeah. Um, I can't. I don't like sitting in a pony. Because I've got really bad eyesight, so yeah. I can't see. I only get one half of the game. Well, if you're like in the pony on the right hand side, is that fucking post? And if you get stuck there, you've yeah. got to like. There's loads of pillars, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, 
There's um there's the family stand opposite. There's the main stand, isn't there? Which is good, but again, that's the sun. At three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, the sun's right in your face. Yeah. Through the summer, so that's a bit of a nightmare. Um, and then the Osman stands just full of scum in it week in week out. So <laughs> never sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what do you think time are going to be doing then this year? Do you think they're going to be going up or down or just stay with you? I think we're we're, we're definitely not going to go up now. Um, we we we're, we're a bit late for that. Uh, but we, I think we're safe. We've sort of found our form a bit, haven't we? Mm. And a lot of the young players like Embleton um, and Harry, who's a good friend of mine, um, and I know how fucking happy he is now to to be playing well and getting in the team and yeah. he's scoring goals. Harry Clifton and yeah, like I think there's, I think it's slowly getting better. But I mean, the, the Crystal Palace draw that we got was good. So I think that my dad's he's a town fan, <coughs> but he's he's sort of other team of Crystal Palace. So. Um, he he's going to be going to that. I'm going to be. I'll be in Miami on my honeymoon, so I won't be able to go to that. But it will be on telly, and whether she likes it or not, we will be fucking watching. Ooh. Yeah, no, she, she likes it or not. She, no, she she will. She'll she'd love to go to the pub and watch. Actually, she um she don't mind coming to the to the football with us. So oh, that's pretty yeah. cool. Then, isn't yeah, it? she she's proper cool. To be fair, I've got a good one. Yeah, and you're also um into big into your DJing. Yeah, yeah. Well, y- well. I am. I do love doing it. Um, it pays pays really well, so that the mortgage is covered. Um, but I mean, what comes with the DJing is drinking, and then <coughs> if you're DJing, sort of, uh, sort of, we've I've been for the fake times when I've been doing sort of <coughs> freshers week. So I've done Tuesday, Wednesday, oh. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So if you can imagine boozing. You're, you're boozing in Bath, in down near Gloucester, near Bristol. So you've got a full night on the piss there. And then you've got a six-hour drive to Sunderland. And you've got to do it again. Yeah. And you've got a four-and-a-half-hour drive back down south to London to do it there. And then you go up to Manchester to do it there. So by the end of it, it started sending me a bit fucking mad. I was, like, spending so much time on the motorway with loads of booze on board. Um, so I really, really slowed down a bit. Um, but I love doing it. I enjoy doing it. But it's so difficult to do it sober. What's it's like, I don't know what it is. Like, yeah. You went, uh, what how how I find it is, I play the music that I love, and I selfishly, when I get pissed, if I put Mr. Brightside on, I sort of switch off away from the crowd. I'm like, well, I'm fucking enjoying this, so I'm not really killers, bothered if yeah. I'm not. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. I was about to ask you what sort of stuff is it you play. It can honestly vary. I mean, we've been fucking. We we got roped into doing a Motown night once in Liverpool. Oh, that oh, that's pretty cool. Then. Yeah, but I didn't know any music, no. so I like literally I just had to wing it. Like I felt like I was lying to the people. Um, so I had to wing that, which was was what, all right. I think by the end of it, we had the Stone Roses on anyway. Did so. you? So it like yeah. went from. It just went. I think we put like, the, is it a ghost in my house or whatever? There's a couple of songs yeah. that we'd fucking drawn off the internet. Um, and by the end of it, we just sort of when the vodka kicked in, it was like, nah, fuck it, should we put the Arctic Monkeys on. Yeah. Oh, um, not the Arctic Monkeys. Yeah, you're not a fan. Not particularly. No. no. Ah. I mean Oasis. I mean. On them, like your Twitter, you like put Oasis stuff on there. Yeah, you? yeah, I do like Oasis. I like Stone Roses. The Sherlock's are another great band that are coming around at the minute. The Kooks, just a bit yeah. of everything. I, I, like we were saying on the way here, there's no, I don't think there's any such thing <clears throat> as a genre of music anymore because it's so easily accessible. I know when I was a kid, you'd sort of, if you wanted to buy an album, you'd have to save. Yeah. If you wanted to buy like a CD or a tape, you'd have to save and it'd be a tenner for one CD. For twelve tracks or whatever, definitely way expensive. Yeah, it was too expensive. Whereas now you pay a fiver a month, 
and you've got everything. You've got fucking Michael Bublé, Justin Bieber, yeah. The Killers, Slipknot. You've got everything you want, so it's so easily accessible now, music. Um, like, especially with YouTube as well. YouTube is you another can, one. Like, get, like, full concerts. Yeah, yeah, you can, yeah. I sat and watched... Um, do you know what? I watched that uh, One Love, you know, the for the Ariana Grande. Oh, right. For the, um, for the Manchester bombings, they did a concert that I went to. But I ended up getting a bit pissed and I can't really remember much of it. <laughs> so I ended up, I've done it again. I, I, I went home with a bottle of gin and got pretty much so pissed that I couldn't remember it again. But yeah, that whole concert was on YouTube, which was pretty cool. That's pretty smart then, isn't it? Because like, you know, people who like can't get there or like sort of afford to like go places like that. Yeah, because tickets now for concerts are ridiculous. And especially if you get them touts who buy them, then like double the price yeah. on eBay. Yeah, they do it, don't they? Like buy a go-go and shit like that, but. What's my brother's just paid? I think he paid 170 quid per ticket to go see Elton John. 170? £170 per ticket. That's crazy. Oh, shit. It was a Christmas present for his thingy. Oh, fuck him. He knows what he's getting for, present. He knows what he's getting for Christmas. Shall we release it after Christmas? No, fuck it. It'll be all right. Ruin <laughs> your Christmas. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, um, speaking of Elton John, he's got a film coming out next year, hasn't he? Yeah, again, Taron who was in um, Kingsman and Eddie the Eagle, he's playing Elton John, which is, he? is fucking amazing. Brilliant. Have you, have you seen the new one about Freddie Mercury? Yeah, loved it. What did you think? The uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, yeah. loved it. It was a brilliant film, yeah. Really good. Yeah, really. It? He looked more like Freddie Mercury than Freddie Mercury looked like Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury, yeah. Um, that is Remy Malik, wasn't it? Yeah, it was brilliant. It was a brilliant film. But also, I loved the, uh, the A Star Is Born with Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. I haven't seen it. Everyone you know, bangs on about it's it. It's a great film. I went to the cinema... Twice to watch that. Twice in two. Twice. I went on a, f- I went on a Saturday night. So I remember me and Charlotte. We went on Saturday, and all all my mates was out in in Taylor Two up Clay, and I was like, right, we're gonna go to the cinema and we'll come out and watch it after. And when the end credits come on, I won't ruin the film for you. I don't think I see it, but like all the guys at oh, work, like honestly, up, like sort of, they like get Spotify on and like the, the, the album's amazing. Cooper yeah, the album's like, really for fuck's good. Sake. The album's really good, but at the end of the film, it literally me and Charlotte were sat in the car after, after we'd watched it, um, we parked in a well and walked round, and everyone was out and clean. It was about half eleven, and I looked at Charlotte. I was like, I'm not fucking. I don't want to go out. I'm not ready for it. It's just like yeah, it was a bit. Um, it's a bit of an emotional film. But then I watched it on a Saturday and then come Monday I was back in the cinema watching it again. Really? Yeah. I'd have never done that. I mean, Brod Cooper's quite a good singer as well. Not quite he's good, he's really he's good. He's really good. He's got a good... I've always admired him anyway. I always thought he really turned it round with American Sniper. Have I you seen him? Have you not? No. So that was the one where I thought, fucking hell, he's really good. Because obviously you've seen him in The Hangovers, yeah, which yeah. he's really good at playing yeah. that. But with, with like American Sniper and A Star Is Born... Um, and also Limitless as well was another good film. Limitless is awesome. Yeah. And he's also in a horror with Vinnie Jones and Midnight Meat Train. Oh, really? Yeah. Vinnie Jones and fucking hell. He's done all right there, hasn't he? Vinnie Jones to be working alongside him. Yeah. <laughs> well, like Vinnie Jones, he just dipped people over the head with an hammer. Yeah, it's what he does best, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, and he yeah. didn't really say anything. Yeah. He just like, Doof. But like, as we were saying, you're not really into horror. No, yeah. not really. Like, no. Even though he was... In Eden Lake. Money, mate. Money. Money. <laughs> it's very early on in the career. No. Um, I mean, like, Eden Lake's a grim film. Yeah. And it did, we were saying, weren't we, that like, it's, it's horrific because it can be so easily real. Do you know what I mean? A, a, yeah, this town's getting... Well, not just this town. Everywhere, but like, isn't it? It's not just town, yeah. And there's just no respect. Yeah, it's... I mean, yeah, you. I don't think you're, you're ever going to be able to tackle the whole how kids are and... 
you know, having been there when I was younger, I was a bit, not disrespectful, but I, I, I was bored. I was bored and I didn't really know what to do with my days and, you know, setting a wheelie bin on fire or <laughs> fucking, I don't know, letting someone's tyres down was my idea of fun, which, you know, it, it's 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 always been like that. There's just, I don't think there's really much for kids to do in the sense that, you know, obviously the foot golf's just open around here and there's loads going on. I think they've closed that. It's still open for the summer. Oh, is it? Mm. Oh, cool. But even then ago, that's 6.50 ago. Is it? And it's like, yeah, kids can go, oh yeah, we can go foot golf, but it's still 6.50 a time. It's quite expensive. Yeah, it's expensive. And it's, there's all sorts of things to do, but it's just money, isn't it? Everything, everything's getting so expensive and it's not, you know, it's kids obviously aren't earning money, so it's no. hard for the parents to... Keep up. To keep up with the things that are going on, as well as buy them a new pair of Nike Air trainers. I was just about to say, along like with the en- the internet, the internet, it's more accessible to see fashion and where like who's wearing what. Yeah. Like oh well, that rapper's wearing them pair of trousers. Yeah, like and shoes. I think this whole shirt. what's Jay is it Jay Z who does them Yeezys? There's a trainers called Yeezys, I think. Yeah, they are Yeezys. They're like four hundred quid or three hundred quid. What? For pair of and trainers? he's promoting these on his Instagram and shit like that. And it's like, kids can't fucking afford that, man. Like, no. stop doing it. Do you know and what I mean? That's sort of maybe what brings out them. Yeah, like, you, you, again, you're not you're not going to be able to tackle the whole thing, are you? But yeah, it's 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 fucking insane. It's insane how these celebrities are endorsing these ridiculously expensive things, and kids can't afford it. I couldn't afford a fucking pair of four hundred quid trainers. Oh, I tell you that certainly not. No, and if I did, Charlotte would kill me. <laughs> and um, it's um, well, it's all to do with money. Yeah, they're they're probably getting paid fucking a shitload of money mm. for advertising trainers. He's only got to sell ten pairs in his own four grand. Bloody hell, that's right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's fucking, it's insane. And I know ten mates who have got pair of Yeezys. Really? Probably, yeah. Bloody yeah, hell. yeah. But like you was, you mentioned the Shalom Youth Club. When I was like, maybe nineteen twenty, we used to practice there as a band. In the shell. Yeah. So can you remember John Ellis then, the <sighs> the vicar? I, can't, I don't know. Yeah, John. I, d- I think he he runs. We did he, it on a Sunday, so it was after. Maybe church, after the services. Yeah. Yeah, it's a quality place. That. Yeah. Look, it was. Um, oh, excuse me. It's That's getting dark right. early now, isn't it? Yeah, we're um, sat on the seafront. <laughs> yeah, we sat down the beach. Um, yeah, yeah, no, the 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 shells, all the, you know, they've always done a lot for me from when I was younger, and I've always tried to sort of, you know, repay the favour and donate money here and there, and and I, I was going to go back and do a lot of um, uh, volunteering to work with the kids, but for a, a number of reasons, it's it just didn't happen. But um, yeah, the, the you know the people who work there as well are there for the right reasons. So yeah, yeah, because you are doing something with the warehouse down Freeman Street. We did do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we was casting for a film um, called Alfie's Story. Um, I got approached um, from a guy called John um, who runs a company called Not In Our Community. And Mm -hmm. um, basically he writes, directs and shoots films about things that are going on in our community. And this particular one was a film called Alfie's Story, um, which was about... um, (coughs) drug trafficking with young children about right. getting bullied into into running drugs and things like that and we we, we wanted kids who'd never acted before um it, 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 same as me we wanted real kids who 
could not relate to the whole thing, but sort of relate to being from the streets. Yeah. And knowing what it's like and like do you, like do you think that gives it a bit more the film a bit more realism? Yeah, of course. Yeah, it does. Yeah, and it makes it. And the actors is the, the young kid. Um, there was a young young kid called Louis who played the 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 main, the lead, who was brilliant. You know, he's he had a lot of things going on in his own life. Um, I won't obviously go into it too much, no. but yeah, he was. Um, yeah, he he really really he really brought all that forward, and he was brilliant. He was really good, and the film did really well. And you know, it got a lot of coverage from the ITV calendar and and you know BBC and stuff like that. So. You know, it, it's it's good that these sort of little things are getting picked up, and hopefully, you know, if it, even if it changes one young kid's life, it, if it makes him come forward, if he's you know a victim of drug trafficking, if he could come forward for that, just from watching this film, if we could change one life, then that's that's a good job done, isn't it? Yeah. Do you think because if people, I've got a lot going on in life, it's a bit more of an outlet for them, in yeah. like they're acting, and like it's a you can see the emotion more. Yeah, I think it does help, and I think that's what Shea Meadows plays on a lot. Yeah, um, he 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 sort of knows in our personal lives what's going on, and he knows what to say and what to do, and how to be when on set to get the best performances. You know, he'll he'll tell you. I'll never forget when I when we shot a film. There was a scene in This Is England '86, I think, where Sean is sat on his dad's memorial, who's died at the war. Mm-hmm. And Shane said, "We need, we want you to, we want the emotions to come through for this." And then he sat next to me, and he told me the, he told me an alternative ending to the series of what he wanted. Right. Um, and he told me a, a really, really sad story about the kid, who Gadget was based on for the series, and he told me how the kid who Gadget was based on died in real life, and that story alone just made me fucking break down. Did it? Yeah. It was just like it was the most har- harrowing <laughs> thing. And that that emotion that's in that scene is all down to what Shane told Shane me that said. night. You know, it's he's it, he's he's a genius and he manipulates your mind, but in a pretty. As I say, it's a pretty good way of working. It's a good way of working, but you know, at the end of it, you're just like, because when you go when you when you go to that like sort of emotional place, it's like it don't just switch off. You get back to your fucking flat at night and you're like, fuck it out. I was about to say when them like people get angry or cry. And things like that. Is it because obviously you've got to think of something? Yeah, yeah. Sad. And yeah, it doesn't just switch off. No, no, it does. It emotionally drains you. Drains you. I've found myself sometimes when I got back to the hotel, still fucking feeling like on my own. Like you're not really thinking about it anymore, but subconsciously, you know, a lot of things have happened in my in my life that you know, have, you know, have been quite difficult to deal with, and I try not to think about them until when I need to, like when yeah. I'm on set and things like that, and then it all comes out. But again, once you bring it all back, it doesn't just go like that. It's, it stays for a bit, you know. If you're in a sort of situation like that, is it sort of um, <coughs> is it sort of a complicated way of acting and still managing your emotion? Because could you go too far um, and then just completely break down? Is there a limit or is there a way you control it? There is, but it it is kind of... It's always really difficult to go from being in this emotional state to then going to having to shoot so much straight after. Yeah. Whereas Shane will always make sure that, and even even if it was too much, Shane would turn around and go, right, well that's you done for the day, mate. Even if the whole schedule is built, it's, it, when when you when you make a schedule for a film, it's in fucking stone pretty much. Yeah. So Shane is a producer's nightmare because Shane has got so much respect for his cast that if 
something does get quite difficult and you don't feel like you can go on, he'll just be like, right, well, that's fine then. You can you go back, go and have a pint, sort yourself out. We'll just shoot something else. And then you can imagine then that producers are all like, fuck. The whole schedule's <laughs> gone down early, like, but It's like, um, <clears throat> it sounds like he does it more, not for the money, but more for the art and the... Yeah. yeah. Shane does it... the emotion and the rawness. Because, I mean, his films are depressing yeah, yeah they are they are depressing but they're real that's the yeah. thing they're so real Pretty and raw um but no shane's never been about the money shane's been offered fucking i think he got offered game of thrones and he's been offered fucking i don't know all these the last samurai and for all these big american films and he's never ever he he, he wouldn't do it because he Look only he only he only wants to do things that he feels passionate about you know and i and i know he's been known to be do do like a couple of like commercials and things like that but you know that commercials are good money, and if you want to go on a nice holiday for a Get couple of days' work, you can fucking do it. That's it. As um, well. But I know he's he's passionate about anything that he <coughs> that he produces and writes himself. He's always very passionate. That's awesome. And also, you have a podcast. Yeah. Do you want to tell us a bit about that? And I mean, how did you? I mean, you asked me why I had a podcast. Yeah. So, what made you guys get a podcast? Um. We were sat in a pub, so it was me and Andy Ellis, uh, who's another actor. Um, we were sat in a pub in Sh- in Nottingham in a pub called The Globe, um, and we were talking about podcasts and how like we both listened to them a bit. And he was like, "Oh, imagine if we like we it'd be funny if me because me and him are f- we've known each other for fucking years, so we just rabbit on about any yeah. old shit to each other all the time. Um, there's never a dull moment, and we just said, "Oh, what could we do? What could we do? What could we chat about?" And we wanted something different. We didn't want to do, you, you know, no, no disrespect to, to this one and to, you know, Adam Buxton and, and to uh, the Two Shot podcast and yeah. all these brilliant podcasts who do what they do brilliantly, um, i.e. delving into people's careers and personal lives and things like that. That's not what we wanted to do. We wanted to do something fun and something to give the, the fans of uh, of our guests a different insight into what yeah. they're about. So Andy turned around to me and he said, do you know what, mate? I think fucking football was on. Footy was on. And he went, fucking football's overrated, isn't it? And I went, shut up, you div. It's as if. I said, football's... And he was like, tell me why it's not overrated. And we had this probably an hour-long discussion. And I was like, it creates jobs, you know, revenue, you know, all these yeah. foreign players are coming over and paying tax. And if you're Lionel Messi, not bothering. But anyway, um, you know, paying tax and creating revenue and creating jobs and... Someone's doing a Saturday afternoon. Enjoyment for other people. Enjoyment, to watch entertainment. It. It's a massive yeah. entertainment industry. Um, and we had this big fucking spiel about why football wasn't overrated. And we was like, well, fucking there it is. We can get a guest in for something they feel is overrated. Like, something that they feel is is something that people buzz off, but other people don't necessarily get. Um, and. Yeah, we just came up with the idea of, of overrated everything, which is what the podcast called. So it's got a format to it. It's got a format to yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, if you don't understand it, there's another example is Andy said to me, what do I think is overrated? <coughs> and I said, reality TV. I think reality TV is overrated. Definitely. Um, yeah. Love Island. You know, no disrespect to the people who are on it because they've been given an opportunity. Same with Geordie Shaw and The Only Way is Essex and all that shit. They've been given an opportunity and they've grabbed it by the balls and fucking run and earned a lot of money from it and good on them for doing it. But I don't, I just don't get what the public see in that sort of thing. You know, I, I like I'm a Celebrity because, 
you know, nine in ten times there will be one or two people who I'm a fan of, so I can see yeah. them doing stuff. Whereas Geordie Shaw, it's just like, I don't, I don't know, I just don't, I don't get it. it. And Love Island, it's always people trying to be someone. And it's just trying like, to be someone who they're not. Yeah, and it's just like, yeah, I, do, I just don't get it. I don't get, I, I just don't understand how people buzz off it. And and the main thing is, is because because I'm in the industry, I've I've been sent scripts before um, from the agent, and they've said, "What do you think to this?" And I've gone. And I've closed the last page and been in bits, crying, thinking this is the best thing I've ever read. Mm. And they've gone, right, they're attaching you to it. You're going to play the lead. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to change my life. I can do everything with that. And then it's gone really quiet. And then about three weeks later, I ring my agent and go, oh, what's happening with that amazing script? And they've gone, oh, they ain't got the funding. They can't get the money to make it. And then I put ITV on and fucking Judge Rinder's on. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? That's that. And it's sort of affecting our industry in a way. So that, that's my fucking spiel on reality TV, anyway. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I don't watch it anyway. So, um, your podcast, how like many series have you got on your podcast? So we've not really done any series as such. Um, what are we on? We're on episode. I think episode eleven's just come out with um, a brilliant new up and coming rapper called Shotty Horror, um, who's done um, tracks with. Is it Marshmallow? Marshmallow? Some big American DJ, I don't know. Um, and yeah, I mean, we've had some great guests on. I think we're on episode 11. But, you know, some of the, some of the guests that we've got lined up are fucking amazing. I, I know, think, yeah. think we've, um, we've recorded up to episode 15, I think. Also, you record and then release them. Is it once a week you do yours? So we do them once a week, yeah, yeah um, every Monday. Well in front, man. Yeah, so we've got, we've got maybe even more. I think maybe we've got 17... So we've got another, maybe we've got 17 recorded, 11 that are out, so we've got six lined up. Obviously, because of my wedding, I'm, I've got the time off for Christmas and through the wedding, yeah. and then I go on my honeymoon for nearly three weeks. So we've had to really bulk them in. Yeah. Um, but what we have done um, is not only to fill a gap, but also to, um, because we've got a lot of a lot of listeners who love This Is England and the other work that we've done, so maybe they might be interested in what we think is overrated. Yeah. So we've done each other. So we've got um, a, a one at uh, Christmas Eve is um, me and Andy Ellis talking about what we think is overrated. Oh, that'd uh, be a good one, then, won't Yeah. It? And I didn't go for reality TV, actually. I went for smoking weed. All right. I think smoking weed's overrated. Do you? Yeah. Never been into it. I could never. Uh, smoked it a bit when I was younger, but never could never. People could fucking devote their lives to it. And yeah. I've just never really been into it. Yeah. Do you, do you smoke a bit of weed? A bit. A bit of weed. <laughs> like, every day. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, all right. Well, enough. no, I don't smoke. I like vape it. Oh, do you vape it? Is it yeah. the CBD oil that you do? No, I uh, might get the boiled and that, and I'll put it in a, like a little, like like a vaporizer. Yeah. Set it to temperature. There you go. So it don't How does it make you feel? What does it? Just chill it out. Really? Yeah. That's See, when it, whenever I smoke weed, I think I'm going to whitey all the time. Um... And it just makes me not want to do anything. Charlotte will say, oh, you can fill my water bottle up for me. I'm like, fuck that. <laughs> I, 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 I couldn't tell. When's that? Last time I had a joint, I must have been fucking hell, 18, showing off in front of some lass. Really? Universe, a, a uni thing in Sheffield, yeah. And That's, then it just went straight to your head. Yeah. It was like, I might have been onto something there. I might have been like, ooh, might be getting laid here. And then it was like, I had a bit of a joint, and I was like, fucking passed out. <laughs> No, Sparker, white in. I mean, <laughs> I mean it's safer than drinking, 
I mean, Ant killed anyone. Of course it is. No, 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 no. And I don't... Nothing against the people who do smoke no. it. And, you know, if if, it's, if you can still function on doing it, then fucking hats off to you. I mean, they should really legalise it and, like, tax it. Cause it because yeah. it bring in <laughs> loads a lot of money. Yeah, fucking of loads of money. Yeah, it would. It'd bring in drops. Yeah. And people wouldn't be on this spy shit. Yeah. And it's also been medically proven to cure illnesses, hasn't it? Yeah. Well, not medically proven, because they won't medically prove it, because... Then there'd be too much outrage, but it has been shown. Yeah. You know, I saw a video of a like a four-year-old kid having a seizure. <gasps> Excuse me. I think it's a four-year-old kid having a seizure from I don't know, epilepsy or something like that. Yeah. And his parents got the THC oil and dabbed it under his tongue, and within ten seconds the seizure stopped. Calm down, yeah. And Michael, is it Michael J. Fox? He had Parkinson's. He's got pa- yeah. And there was a video of him where he sat there and he's shaking, and, you, and he's got some heel, like some shoes on. You can hear him tapping and he's rattling. Has some of this, uh, the uh, THC oil, and you slowly. So this is the tapping you wear, and then as he has the oil, it just goes, and then it stops. Yeah. And it just yeah, like if that can fix people, why the fuck's it not legal? I'm I'm with you on that. I think it should be Bunny. legal. It's yeah. all to do with pharmaceutical yeah. sort of companies and thinking. Well, if like people can fucking grow a plant for free they're not going to pay tax on it are they no yeah and like and all these drugs companies around the world who are fucking flying around on choppers and big yachts and yeah because like chemotherapy is that it might cure cancer one in three times yeah but it fucking ruins their immune system and absolutely canes them like it's that's that's a big thing that you might say um people who have the chemo i think it's in america like sort of mainly have it because then it knocks the sickness out and it makes me. Mm. But um, like sort of in America, because it's not federally fed, federally illegal, mm. it's like state. They can't do out with the cash, so they're just having fucking loads and loads of cash just sat there, yeah, doing nothing because they can't yeah. put it in a federal bank. Yeah. So I think there's there's been talks about having weed banks. <laughs> it's fucking out. mad, isn't but it? It you can see Snoop Dogg sat there going fucking buzzing. He, he smokes it all the time. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So you're doing that, yeah. And what's what's the other guy going to be? Think. Um, what was his? His was religion. Religion. Yeah, his was religion. Um, which was, I mean, I don't really, I don't follow religion because, uh, again, it's fucking hell. I feel like we're just giving you half of our episode. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. But no, religion for me was like I don't understand how, for homosexuality, let's say, my, my brother's gay. He's married and. He's happy, and you will never. He's probably the happiest man you've ever met. Mm. Whereas some religions wouldn't allow that, just because if he wants to be happy with another man, then it's like. And I think any religion that that doesn't allow you to be happy, I think is bullshit. It is. Because you know a mean? few problems don't like yeah. don't it. Fucking religion. It's been... fucking insane. It's ins- and I'm not going to go into the whole, you know, there's a, the whole ISIS and all whatever no. religion they believe in, because I, I don't understand it, and I don't, I wouldn't want to fucking blabber on about something I don't understand. And quite frankly, I don't want to understand it. All no. I want is fucking people to be happy and for fucking humans to love one another instead of all that it, shit. And if a religion could bring that amount of hate, then fucking religion's overrated do you, you know like, I mean? do you think it's religion or do you think it's like um, and I'm going to use an example in a minute that you like, might understand people in general because people say football can cause violence but do you think it's football or the people in football I think it's the people in football yeah and the people in religion yeah yeah okay yeah fair the, enough I, I wasn't trying to yeah no like, no no no. I, I like, could totally I get it yeah. like, I always use that on people it's a brilliant it. example of course it is yeah I mean like 
I mean, I'm all for this like white poppy piece and things like that. Mm. But like, it's like, it's what my best friend says, you're not going to get it because some people are just fucking psychopaths. Yeah, there is some psychopaths out there who, who <coughs> you know, and that's that's the way the bill and there's a part in their brain that won't see fucking peace. Yeah, they just won't understand. No, and it's emotion. scary. It's scary that, and that, you know, people are preaching, you know, that hate and things like that, which is. It's, it's it's fucking scary, and again, I don't understand it, and I don't get it. So, yeah, I, but I'm, you know, it's, I, I, yeah. But there's all all kinds of other mad religions, isn't there, that are just fucking hard to understand. All of them. I think we've got a pretty laid back one though. Christianity is it's a pretty laid back religion. Yeah. yeah. There's not really much. I oh, know if you're a Christian, you're not allowed to be gay, are you? I don't. Not allowed to get. You're not allowed to marry in a church. Men are not allowed are to marry they? in church, no. I'm not sure. Ch- I mean, like, I mean, I believe in God and Jesus, but that's a, that's my own personal belief. Mm. But I just think if you're going to be happy, be happy. Of course. Suck. Yeah, no shit, yeah. As long as you're not hating someone intentionally. Nah. Yeah. I can't see there's a problem. Yeah. I, I wouldn't like it if I saw two men snogging each other against that bar there. But then I also wouldn't like it if I saw a man and a woman. Yeah. So I just think, yeah, just keep that in your bedroom or whatever. A bit gross, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like... That's more like young kids, though, who do that, isn't it? It's yeah. Like God, I can't remember the last time I snogged Charlotte. Let's snog her. Don't, don't really snog. You just kiss a peck. But yeah. Yeah. Don't really snog anymore, no. Say out. Yeah, we're not very we're not very romantic, me and Charlotte. <coughs> How sort of long have you two been together? Has it been a while now? Yeah, fucking hell. We've been together eight years. Jeez. More than eight years. Yeah. It's a long time, isn't it? Yeah, and we've been through everything together. Like, we've, you know, we've... We've grown up together. We we know everything about each other. So that that was kind of like the point where nothing can tear us apart now. You know, we've yeah. been through everything. So we yeah, we just thought, fuck it, let's get married and have a big party for everyone on That's New Year's Eve. Awesome. New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. Yeah, yeah. Okay so now. looking forward to it. So when this goes out, it'll be like in a couple of days. Yeah. Yeah. It will, won't it? Yeah, I can't wait. It's exciting. So um, where do you see yourself in like a couple of years? Because like you've been in some big films. You've been in. I mean, Game of Thrones is fucking massive, and it's still big. Do you, I mean, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, fucking hell. It's, they're on the last series now, though, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, Series 8 is the last one. Um, but sort of even when that ends, it's still going to be talked about, like, Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad's been yeah. for years. Mm. Everyone's still talking about it, and they brought a spin-off series, Better Call Saul. Yeah, of course, and they're doing spin-offs of uh, Game of Thrones, aren't they? Oh, right. Yeah, they're know. doing... Yeah, they yeah, 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 so they're doing that. Um... But I don't know. In terms of Game of Thrones, I mean, it obviously it was fucking brilliant to be part of it, and I, and I'm like ridiculously grateful. But because it was such a small part, I just if if people say, you know, oh, what what have you been in? I don't, I don't think I'd say Game of Thrones because it was only a tiny little bit. IMDb says Game of Thrones. Yeah, well, I suppose it's on the <laughs> CV in it. Yeah. Um, but I in terms of like where I want to be, man, as long as I'm happy, I'm not. I don't care as long as I've got. As long as I've got a roof over my head and as long as I've got, you know, my friends and my family and, you know, and it'll be my wife, won't it? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, family. As long as I've got everyone around me that, you know, care about me and, 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 and I care about them, then that's all that really matters. But, you know, I will work as hard as I can to, to still work in the industry. And, you know, it, the, the exciting thing is with, with my job is we could, we could be, I, I haven't looked to my phone during this podcast, but... I could go on my emails now and be like, <coughs> Shane Meadows has w- rang and we're doing This Is England 92. And that can be life-changing. 
It would be life changing. Exactly. Again, like or anything, anything, you know, Game of Thrones thought what you did with that little bit, the one to offer you this and that. Yeah. Anything. That, the exciting thing is, is I can refresh my emails and you just don't know what's there. That's pretty Nine cool, in ten times, it? it's fuck all other than can Google emailing me as I'm <laughs> trying to sell me new <laughs> fucking tripods. But you know, it, the exciting thing is, is you don't know what's around the corner, so you just kind of got to, you know, just enjoy it and just appreciate it, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, because it's. I mean, you know. You never know what's going to no. come around the corner. You never know what's around the corner. It's exciting, but it's also when you've got a mortgage to pay, you're a bit like, fuck. Exciting, yeah, I've got to do something. Deal. I mean, like, yeah. um, have you thought about getting into like script writing, doing your own films and that? I mean, um, directing. No. I mean, no. I mean, I've got. I'm a bit of my my head's a bit mad when I'm driving down a motorway and I'm fucking firing shit all over my head and. My, my dreams are a bit elusive and a bit crazy so you know i've got all these amazing ideas that have that have happened in my life story as well like when i was younger i had a really really you know rough upbringing when i lived with my, with my mom on some rough estates and you know things that would tell a great story but yeah in terms of getting it down on paper i wouldn't know where to start but you know you never know i think them sort of things you, you only do when you're ready do you know what i mean yeah you might, you might just wake up one day and just be like I'm just gonna fucking write this down. Then I can send it to someone and see what they think and get their input and then see where it goes from there. But yeah, I mean, uh, I've not really thought about writing or directing, but yeah, no books or anything. On, like more oh, fucking hell, no, I won't be able to sell a book, would I? Tommy's life. Yeah, <laughs> but don't use that. But like, if you do, yeah. give me some sitting sitting book. down the fucking seafront on a Thursday, <laughs> Friday, Friday, isn't it? Friday, doing Friday. Like, sort of doing a podcast. Yeah, what you got on for the weekend? You got what have I got on? for the weekend? Uh, I'm off to Bradley Charlton. Like he was on the last podcast. I'm yeah. off to his store because I want a capper. I'm going to interview you now. I'm going to do you. <sighs> yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm going to do that. Um, what else I'm going to do? Drop some Christmas cards off for my mum. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and someday I'm at work. Happy days, happy days. And do the listeners already know how you come about this podcast, or why you do this podcast? The name was when I was stoned. The Tim Biscuit okay. podcast. Yeah. The podcast was just an idea. Why? T- why Tim Biscuit? Why that? Stone. <laughs> just, just, just yeah, well, stone. When you was baked, you thought oh, it sounds like a fucking good yeah, idea. Well, that. What can I get? Stuff. Dead random. What can I call yeah. some? That, like, that's it. No one would ever. Was you looking at like a tin biscuit podcast? I like it though. I like it. Yeah, it's a catchy name, isn't it? Yeah, it's catchy. Yeah. So, I've I've got hashtag the tin biscuit podcast. So if you just type that into Google, everything will come up from my Instagram. Oh, happy days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, but like, um, I got into trouble from one of my Instagram posts. I like said this on the last podcast and the podcast before that, but I made a stun gun, like a taser, yeah. and I put it on, um, I thought it'd be clever just for fucking like, because I filmed it and put it on, and this was like in March time, April time, and come May, we heard a knock on the door, it was the fucking police. Five hour at the door, what did they want? Just coming to barbecue say, oh, by a taser? They say, yeah, took a picture, says, have you still got this? I went, yeah, and he went, I went, do you want me to go get it? He went, yeah got it he took it away in an evidence bag what? when i had to go for a a voluntary interview i think it's a voluntary but it's not a voluntary interview. so you haven't really got a choice but they call it a voluntary yeah um then they, they said it's up to you if you get a solicitor but someone wow. said but someone said you need a solicitor because it comes under a firearms act oh shit so but like the end game was um i got a caution just a simple caution for firearms. Mm, fucking but, hell. But it said, the fucking, p- bit that's pissed me off is a friend was concerned and told us. So basically I got grassed up. So someone on your Instagram? 
well, whoever they are, they need to come forward. Yeah. And I'm going to get my air rifle out and shoot them with it. It's fucking crazy because, like, um, the said. Why did you concern. have it then? Why did you have it? What was it for? I built it. Why? To put an Instagram for likes. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I said to the policeman. <laughs> Everyone said you're a fucking idiot for, like, doing it. But yeah. I thought it was cool because I built yeah. it from scratch. Anyway, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Did you try? Did you use it on you? On didn't anyone? Use it on myself. No. no, didn't use it. No. How do you know it worked then? Because I put the battery in and zapped it, and it, and you could see the arc. No way, really. Yeah. Didn't Shit leave the, the house or anything. So, uh, uh, you're just covering out. your own ass now, aren't you? No. Didn't leave the yeah. house, honestly. Did. I've <laughs> <laughs> been through it. <laughs> I can't say no more. <laughs> How did you? Um, do you like doing a podcast? I love doing them. I love them. I've got better. The um. I, I think it helps if you have a five minute to ten minute chat beforehand. Yeah. Just to get settled in. Yeah, because like, we was driving down, weren't we? And <laughs> yeah. sort of got to know each other a bit. Because, like, the first one, I, I was a bit like a radio presenter. I said, so, because I, like, yeah. I, 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 I like weird stuff. And I've got this file of clippings of all weird shit that's happened in Grimsby and Cleethorpes. All right. And, like, I went through all that. But then, as times go on, you get more relaxed. Yeah, like, you do. Just fucking be yourself. It's not a radio station. I've I've literally done that during this. <clears throat> during this, like, when it first started, I thought, fucking hell, I sound a bit interviewee. Yeah. Like, I'm doing it, like, interviewee. Um, and, and I've been told about it as well, but it's hard to... When you're talking about your own life and when you've just done it in interviews for over so many years, um, it's hard. And I I remember, because I do a lot of voiceovers as well for fucking shit like Ribena and fucking yeah. Pampers and just any anything. Like I've got a voiceover agent, done some for Google. and um, Been on ITV? I did the X Factor one, so it was the Talk Talk one. You know, before X Factor starts. All right. Last year, so it was Talk Talk, sponsors the X Factor. So it's just one of them. But when I've been doing voiceovers in London, I've been in the studio and they've said, try not to sound as voiceovery and try and relax and just be yourself. Do you go, and what the fuck's that, mate? Fuck, I can't do it. I don't know, you just associate it with... You you just know, sort of, the it's like your accent. phone voice, isn't it? You have your phone... Yeah. I, I have... If you rang me, I'd be like, nada, mate, all right, how's it going? Yeah. yeah, not bad, pal. Yeah, it's fucking just a... Whereas if my agent rings me, I'm like, or if I ring my agent, I go, hi, hi, um, yeah, could I speak to Leah, please? Yeah, it's Thomas calling, yeah. And I've got your phone voice, do you know what I mean? That's a very posh voice. Yeah, <laughs> but it's not my voice, that's the thing. No, it's... It's weird how you change, isn't it? You adapt to... Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. so, like, I, I, I never knew you was on The X Factor. Yeah, well, I wasn't actually on it. I'm not a very well, good no, singer. Well, no, but I mean, not yeah. on it, but... Yeah. <laughs> The, the voice yeah. over for yeah, talk yeah, talk. yeah. I've done all sorts. Well, I, I've just, I did one for the National Fishing Heritage Centre recently. Um, they're just again, they're just really, really nice little money in as you go in, yeah. and no one knows it's you. It takes you an hour. You can earn really good money, and yeah, and you meet some really cool people. And I, I did one with Rob Bryden a couple of years ago. Where What's he like? He's spot on. Yeah, he's spot on. He's a nice enough guy. Yeah, he. Um, yeah, he's very he's very professional. Yeah, funny. His, his accents, his accents are, his, yeah, he's, he's very funny. But with the first time I ever met him, oh no, the first time I ever met him was when I was about 13, but we did a voiceover where he played a Spanish bottle of olive oil. A Spanish bottle of olive oil? O- olive oil. And I was a <coughs> mushroom on a conveyor belt for Tesco's. So I, I was an animated mushroom and he was a, a bottle of olive oil. Do you work together or are you like separate? Yeah, recorded? we was both there. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm like guessing that adds more realism. Yeah, it just makes it you can just bounce off each other yeah. a bit more. But the only thing is with things like that is they're so they're so scripted. You can't if the word and you can't go mm, like f- 
if it was written fish and chips, you won't be able to go fish and chips. It's fish and chips. It's fish and chips. So you've got to be very, very like on the ball. So that's strange, isn't it? Mm. So do you like? Have you ever used any studios here for like voiceover work? I did. Yeah, I did use the one on. Um, it was on the market, uh, the Freemo market. Can't remember what it's called now. Soundwave or something. I mean, I'm just making that up. I've got uh, a studio there. Yeah, there is a little one there. Yeah, there's right. a little one there because it's sometimes easier to do that instead of travelling to London. You can just link studios up. And oh then, right. Um, well, yeah. Obviously, yeah. If it's like a radio station. Yeah, yeah. Of, well, like radio station. I think it's just an actual recording studio for like local businesses. Um, and um, there's one in Hull that I use quite a lot. Is there? So we use that one. I co- again, couldn't tell you what it's called. Um, but yeah, yeah. Hull's not a bad place. It's all right. I've got Nando's. That's it. That's the best thing about it, I think. Nando's is shit. I've said it. You think Nando's is the shit? The fuck it is, because I think we was Why? Only, because we was in Sheffield. fucking bang out of order. No, we was in Sheffield one day, and me and my mates, um, we're going back a couple of years now, and I ordered, and we ordered some starters, but they had the starters before my starter came out. Then by the time my starter came out, they fucking nearly finished the mains. And I was like, yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, because it, there's like three or four tills in it, so you order it at different yeah. times. So I don't, have you ever been to Wagamama, the uh, Japanese one? Is that the one in Leeds with the carp in the pond? Mm, I don't know. It's a chain. So is there's it? it's one in Chef, Meadowall, Leeds, London. I'm not sure. Which is brilliant. But then there, you could order, if you order a sticky rice yeah. and for a side, and you order a nagimi yakitori for starter, yeah. and then a chicken ramen for main, it might just so happen that your rice will come out, and then, then your main will come out, and then your starter will come out. Just all comes out at random times. That's bullshit. But they do tell you about it, though, don't do they? they? Did they tell you at Nando's? I don't know. No. no. They always say, That's have you, why have I you was been dead to? Angry did they say, Nando's. have you been to Nando's before? Don't know. Whenever you walk in, they go, oh, you can have a table for free. Yeah, of course. Yes. And they go, have you been to Nando's before? So did you say yes or no? Or was you with people that already had? Probably was people that already had. Well, there you go, then. They should have told you. Not their fault, it's Nando's fault. It's, it's no, no, no. Because they, they tell you that, because they would have explained it. If you'd have gone, no, I've never been, they'd go, all right, okay, so just so you know that the starters might come out at a different time to the main. That's all they had to say. Yeah, but, your but, mates, they, but they your mates had already told them that you'd, that you'd already been. But they should have told them anyway, because people might have forgot. Well. I'm blaming Nando's. Speaking I'm blaming your mates. Yeah, because they're not my mates anymore. Yeah, so yeah, fuck them. Cunts. No, I like <laughs> <laughs> no, I like Nando's. It's good. A lot of people say it's overpriced chicken, but it's fucking spot on. It's good. I like gear. the sauce. Yeah, the good. Yeah, it's good, man. And you fucking, you go in there, twelve quid. You get half a chicken with two sides. You're in and out. One bam, fucking fifteen minutes sorted. It's perfect. Fifteen minutes. If you're in London, you can be in and out of Nando's. I think in fifteen minutes. I think oh, that's a bit quick for food. Oh, you've only got to fucking bang a bit of chicken in, haven't you? And do some wedges. Oh, no, I thought you'd been eating it. <laughs> yeah, oh, what? <laughs> like, sort of from going in 15 minutes to eating it 15 oh, minutes. Oh, no, no, if you sort of waiting, like, yeah. You can be in and out from walking through the door to walking out, out the door, I reckon, half hour, tops. That's, yeah, that's maybe Pete's, like, Pete's sort of gear, isn't it? Yeah, but then you're in and out, aren't you? You're sorted, you, you, you've eaten. Unless you're on a date. And it's healthy like... as well. It's, it's helped. Well, it, you Could can go. Chips there. They do chips, there. They do chips, but I, I tend to get um, sweet potato wedges, and a rice, and then uh, just half a chicken. So it's kind of healthy. Or it, it depends, really. It's a lot better than going to Macca's or Burger King. You should it? do everything overrated. I'll choose Nando's. Yeah. No, because I won't be able to agree with you, and I think it's disgusting that you think that. Have you tried Five Guys yet? Yeah. See, that's fucking overrated. 
dead expensive. It's proper expensive. It's just fucking glorified Mackey's, isn't it? I I ne- nearly paid. I think it was seventeen quid, and I got a burger and chips and a coke. It got me fucking crazy. It's mad, isn't it? Seventeen quid. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I'm not about that life. But they put loads of chip spice on. Yeah. Chips. Yeah, it is. It's all right, but it's paying that much money. It, it makes it makes it not very enjoyable. I mean, I've got a guy on my Instagram. He's called Beard Meets Food. He's got a big beard. He's like from Yorkshire, and that's his favourite. Do you, thing. do you beard people stick together? Oh, no. <laughs> I must admit, when I was looking for your Instagram, I was very impressed. Was you? Yeah. Oh, thank you. It's a good beard. You didn't see anything weird on my Instagram because I've taken it all off. I saw a taser and reported you. Thanks. <laughs> it was you. No, I don't know why they did that. No, there's nothing weird. I've taken it all off. <laughs> and I've been warned. I've been given the gypsies warning to say, don't do anything bad. <laughs> but to be fair to the police, going back to that was like sound. Yeah. I think they are all right if you're all right yeah. with them. Yeah. I, they're I, only I, doing the fucking job, aren't I they? I mean, I want a knob. And like he said, look, you've been all right. You haven't given me no trouble. You've never been in trouble with the police before. Yeah. But I'll speak to the sergeant. Because the sergeant's the one who makes the decision if it goes oh, ahead. Oh, Yeah. Or not. Yeah. So the sergeant spoke and he said, well, give a simple caution. Yeah. Yeah. One of my friends has just started going out of a copper, like a proper frontline copper. And it's fucking amazing. I love all this. Obviously, they can't tell you what's going on and stuff like that. But just like the fact that I never thought that it's like your teachers in school. You never think that they're real people, do you really? Like we, we went away. We went away to I was DJing somewhere. And she came along and she was pissed up and she was like, looking, you know, drooling everywhere because she was so pissed. And I was like, at one point, you've probably nearly arrested me, but I can, <laughs> looking at how bad you are now. Does Is sort of she based in Umberside? Uh, I think she works over in um, Hull now, that way on. Oh, cool. But she she used to work around here, yeah. But yeah, I think it's like your teachers. When you see a teacher in a pub, you're like, oh, mm, you shouldn't I, be there. Today. I saw Miss Stratkin in the butchers. I love Mr. Atkin. I see him in Tesco's all the time. Do you? Yeah, I love him. I saw him in Burkitt's Butchers on Henry Road. And I'm like, I turned around and went... Was he wearing a suit? Yeah. Always wear... Did fucking, I've never seen a man look crisp in a suit. He, he looks good, doesn't he? He does look good in and a like suit. And like he used to say, because like, it used to be red socks, and he and he used to say, red socks or no socks, because if you didn't bring your socks, you'd have to wear your footy boots. Oh, really? Yeah. Is that when he did PE? Did he do... Yeah. To, see, he was like assistant head or something when I was there. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah, like sort of said, but we had Mr. Bailey. Mr. Bailey, yeah, yeah. The Chopper Obden. Hey, yeah, Obden, boy. yeah, Mr. Obden, yeah. And Mr. Atkin. Miss Bowman, was she the head teacher? No, she wasn't the head teacher. She was the head teacher. It was Mr. Bajet. No, he's. He'd... Oh, he'd have got some fucking stick if I was there, though, with that name. Mr. Bajet. Mr. Bajet. Yeah. Fucking hell, I'd have caned him. Apparently, he was a bit pisshead. Oh, he really? Was, oh, yeah. yeah. He, he, he like wore sandals with socks and always sucking them What, in. around school? He already sounds <coughs> like a dickhead. <laughs> I think so, yeah. <laughs> and there was Mr. Howlett, Mr. Owen. Mr. Owen, yeah. Scared that he made me cry once. He shouted at me that loud, yeah. What was the science teacher called? Uh, Miss, not Miss Love. The the older one. Miss Griffiths? Miss Griffiths? Miss Griffiths. I can remember her, sort of. Mr. Owen, he was RE, wasn't he? Yeah. And all these listeners on the podcast are like, fucking, what are you on about? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, well, well, he, well, he's a sorry. He made me cry because I didn't have my tie on. And he used to fucking hammer people for not wearing ties. Did he? Yeah. I don't know if he did it when you was there. <laughs> no, I'd have just told him to fuck off. That's why I was I wasn't in school for very long. <laughs> <laughs> fuck off. But yeah, he fucking um. And I was trying to make a joke of it because I'm a happy-go-lucky sort of guy. Mm. I wasn't taking the piss. I just went. 
like like that. Oh, I forgot. Then he just went off his head. Yeah, I, there were some teachers who was all right, but I think the thing is with teachers now is that they need to. I think if 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 they respect the students, then the students will respect them. I found out with Mr. Atkin, he used to really really yeah. spot on with me, and if ever I was having a, a kicking off or anything, he'd always come over and he'd go right, Tom Tomo, come on. Come, come round here, come chat with me, and he'd sit with me, and he'd listen to my problems, instead of screaming at me so loud, like you just said. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, I think that's the thing that the teaching system's a bit, can be a bit. Do you sort of also think that the Verm kids have just got no respect for the teachers, though? Because the teachers are, can't really do it nowadays. No, they can't. No, but um, I mean, I don't know. I, I think it's easier said than done, because I've been on the backlash of little kids who have been on one, but I I was found that when a teacher respected me, I respected them, definitely. I think that's how life works in general. Yeah, treat you people how you want to be treated. Yeah, you yeah. respect someone, and someone respects you. Yeah, definitely. That's about it, isn't it? Mm. Well, what time is it? It's, it's just over an hour. So yeah. I want to thank you for coming on because like no worries. You, you know you're dead busy because like you was going to go for an audition today, weren't you? Yeah, I was supposed to. Um, no, he was supposed to be uh, ADR today, so which right. is um, for for the action film. Um, so. Basically, when you when you make the film, um, you've got radio mics on when you're doing your scenes. But sometimes they're not very good, like a bit of rustling or a, yeah. bit, of, a bit of that. So they need to get you into a studio so you can sync the, the lines onto onto the film so it sounds better, do you know what I mean? I thought they just used the old boot. Yeah, there's stuff. all that there as well, but sometimes it's just not good enough. Sometimes oh, you right. need to make it sound clearer. And also for when actors overlap each other with lines and things like that as well. So that was supposed to be today. Um, but I was going to have to go to London, three hours there, for one line. There was one line that wasn't very clear. So I was going to have to go all the way to London, do that one line and come all Would the way Would they back. pay you for the travel? Or? They'd pay for me travel and stuff like that, but I probably wouldn't get paid for the day, I don't think. Um, which don't bother me. It's I, 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 like, I like getting to the end of every week and thinking... At least I've done something this week. I've been I've been yeah. busy. I've been doing summer instead of just sitting and wanking and playing on my Xbox all day. You know oh, I mean? you're an Xbox person. Yeah, now. yeah. Not PS4. No, fuck that. No. Have, have you got this new? F- is it Red Dead? Too? No, I'm pretty st- stuck on my games. I've FIFA and PUBG. I like PUBG. What's PUBG? That player unknown battlegrounds. It's like the you know Fortnite. Oh, uh, you know the concept of Fortnite. Yeah. So there's hundred people, Great. all jump out of an airplane, land on the map. And it's an open world. And last man standing. You've got land with no guns. You've got to find guns dotted around the map. And you've got to kill each other. And like you're all last on your headset. And you're all on your headsets, yeah. So it's everyone for himself. No teams. You can do teams if you want. You can do teams. You can do Make duos. Kill in your team. No, you can't kill your own people. Yeah. So you can do duos, which is two of you. Four of you, which is squads. Or solo, which is on your own. And I promise I'm not a geek. So I sound in it to all the listeners. How good are you at FIFA? I'm pretty good. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty good, yeah. There's I'd a lot. S- sorry, go on. I was gonna say there's a lot of work with Neville's. Like, was it? I might be dreaming this, but he was like something like 16th or 60th in the world. Wow, or really? Yeah. Shit the bed. Yeah, sometimes when you get put in the weekend tournaments where you get played, so like only so many qualify. Like I don't know, five thousand qualify. Yeah. Which isn't many considering how many are on FIFA. Um, I've qualified for that a couple of times, and fucking hell, some of the people who get put in on that. Are, like the ridiculous, oh yeah, they're really, really good. My like sort of nephew's got a PS4, and he goes, "Uncle Rick, can you play me?" He's like eight. He says, "Can you play me on FIFA?" And I'm like, "I don't know any of the buttons." <laughs> the fucking because like you can push them, can't you? You can push your like analog sticks. Yeah. 
and they do something, and he fucking hammered me about 6-0. Six 6-0? Nil. Six nil. Sure, yeah. 6 and you didn't know what you... See, your cousin sounds like he needs to up his yeah. game. Yeah. If I played you, I'd beat him more than 6-0. No, you won't. <laughs> I think I would if you don't know what the buttons are. Well, yeah, but, like, <laughs> so if he did tell me, but I'm just one of them ones who comes from, like, an Amiga, where it's just like... Yeah, yeah. But FIFA, there is an art to playing FIFA, because there's so much to do, and to make players run, and where they're running. That's and what I mean. Like, not only the players that you're controlling, but there's buttons to control the players that aren't on the ball. That's what I mean. You so like, there's so much going on. Like, yeah. it's an art to playing FIFA, I think. It's not, it's not just... You don't... You, you fucking... Yeah, there's a lot to it. I think. Add button mash. Button back, yeah. See, because I got dead good at fighting games, and I played one of my girlfriends. Like Mortal Kombat and shit. Yeah, and she fucking beat me. I Did like, you? For fuck's sake! I have all the moves. <laughs> and she's like, "What am I doing? What am I doing?" And, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> so I and that's why she's an ex. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't dump because of that. I think you dumped me, maybe. <laughs> oh but god! Go. Come on, it's not a therapy session. No, but yeah. again, thanks for coming on. No thanks, worries. Thanks for having me on. The, um, if anyone wants to find you, you've got. Twitter, yeah, you're yeah, on all Instagram. that. Yeah, got all that I shit. Yeah. You got Facebook? No, I don't really use Facebook. Nah, nah. No. People always say to me, "Why aren't you accepting me on Facebook?" I'm like, I've not fucking been on it since I was about 15, to be honest. Really? Yeah, I don't really use it. So you like big on Twitter and you're big on Instagram, aren't you? Yeah, I love all that shit. Yeah. So if people want to do that, and your podcast is overrated, everything which is available on your your Spotify and iTunes, Acast, all that shit. Yeah. Sweet. Mm. Well. Cheers. Thanks for having me on, Thanks mate. It's a pleasure. Yep. We need to get these fucking windows wiped down. It looks like the Titanic scene, doesn't it? Like people will think we've been, been doing shagging. gay stuff. <laughs> right. Cheers. See nice you one. soon. Bye. Bye.